depends on the customer. There are customers who like to use uh, Hotjar, for example, to see the uh, how the site, uh, how the customers actually behave because it has uh, the recording system where you can see uh, like the real clicks and all that. Hey, I'm Blake, and this is the Content Plus Commerce Podcast, presented by Engine Ecommerce, the only podcast for people building successful online stores. From agency life to being a lone freelancer, we'll be bringing you weekly content full of best practices and in-the-trenches advice. This is Blake with Engine, and I've got Arthur Cruz from Magebit here. Uh, they're an e-commerce agency, and we're, today we're going to talk about building on the web and approaching e-commerce digitally and uh, all that good stuff. How are you, Arthur? Hey, I'm fine, Blake. Good. Yeah, good. so my name is Arthur Cruz. Uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of uh, Magebit, and uh, basically we're, we're a full-service agency specialized in Magento, but uh, more about that uh, later. Awesome. So tell me about the background of Magebit, uh, how you founded it, your growth, just the general story of the company. Yeah, so it all started a few years back. Uh, initially, I was a developer myself. It was kind of a passion of mine. Uh, it started out as uh, developing websites just for, uh, for, for my own, like uh, gaming websites and things like that when I was a kid. Uh, then I started working with uh, various agencies, uh, working for... Uh, like building different sites, starting from landing pages to uh, very complex systems. And uh, then I uh, stumbled upon uh, Magento, uh, which was which had a quite a uh, learning curve to get into. But uh, it's kind of a system where you hate it until you love it. And uh, <laughs> at this point, at this point, uh, I'm at the stage where I love it. And then uh, I found uh, that I just wanted to work more directly with the clients and help them. And uh, together with Kristaps, who is a co-founder also of this company, uh, we started, uh, we founded the Magebit, uh, it was approximately five years ago. And uh, yeah, initially we were both developers just doing everything. And uh, now within these five years, we have uh, grown, I would say, quite rapidly. Uh, and currently we are a team of uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 55 full-time employees here uh, based all in Riga, Latvia. Wow, that is some fantastic growth. And I'm sure there's always like growing pains as you expand your client base and all that, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's just been a continuous uh, adventure because uh, you think, okay, this is working out perfectly. There's no, there can nothing go wrong. And uh, it, it just turns out that there are some more things you didn't expect and uh, it's always just an adventure and uh, you need to improvise and adapt all the time. Yeah, exactly. So tell me a little bit about like why you like building on Magento or why that's your platform of choice. Uh, well, that's that was kind of my specialty at the first place. So uh, that's why it started about that. But uh, now it's not like that we do only on Magento platform. Now we also do a little bit of Shopify. And let's say if a client has a WordPress site uh, as a blog uh, uh, along his Magento site, we don't want them to look for a different agency to help to get help with. So uh, we also provide some some sort of services from for uh, other platforms which are web based. Uh, but uh, Magento, it's basically because. Uh, it's it's very flexible. You can kind of achieve anything. Uh, there's a, let's say a new technology comes out. Uh, you you can implement it on uh, on Magento, 
And the same goes for uh, various uh, requirements for businesses. Uh, let's say you want to have something very specific and custom on Magento, you can build it and on top of that maintain it in a way that's uh, developer friendly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the extensibility and the flexibility to be able to, for any client's use case, basically just adapt and meet their needs without having to swap platforms or learn something new. Exactly. Awesome. Now, what would you say is like your, your favorite thing you've built or like the favorite extra feature you've added for, for a client? Uh, I wouldn't say there's a single one because uh, we work with various industries and uh, each industry has the, has its own some unique points and it's it's different things it's from from uh, like uh, there there have been various customization uh, customization uh, product pages where you can uh, let's say generate an image uh, on uh, the, the product image uh, where you just fill in the information how you want it and uh, let's say if it's a lock then you have uh, engraved your name in the lock how it looks uh, or maybe something more complex like uh, uh, there's if uh, we had a client who is uh, selling wines and uh, then there was a nice way to find the perfect wine for you where you can uh, you have various sliders to select how juicy you want the, the the taste to be and all that and based on that it sorts out the the products yeah so it's just various things and also one of the latest trends which we have seen lately is uh, and we, we we have actually a client that does that uh, selling posters of, of the night sky of how the night uh, how the sky looked above your head in a certain place at a certain time which generates basically the sky on a poster oh wow that's really cool and i'm sure that the uh all the work that goes into generating that like that preview on the fly was probably super challenging yeah it's challenging not only just to generate it based on real data but it's also challenging to store it and uh, maintain it in the long run and if it's a lot of orders and uh, visitors, then you have to think of a ways uh, how it doesn't get too heavy for the server or to, on the client side. So everything is fast. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, now, what I would love to hear next would be uh, maybe some of the the challenges or things that you see like that you face for, for every single client that you build. Maybe like what what's the hardest part of building on e-commerce for you guys? Again, there is no single thing that uh, is the challenging one, but uh, I think the the best thing you like have to understand is that there will be difficulties and you have to be able to adapt fast and uh, to act in the moment so you don't have really time to let's say uh, you launch a new website and something is wrong, like anything can go wrong and the 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 big thing is that you need to understand uh, and learn how to resolve it quickly. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think one of the things that uh, I know my team runs into a lot is whenever a store is moving platforms from one to another is ensuring kind of not only continuity of service, but moving all that product data over and having everything like fit into the new format of the new platform. There's like always hurdles and challenges with moving data across platforms. Yes. And also like, it's not only the things that you can control. There are also visitors coming into your e-commerce site and behaving in ways that you cannot even imagine somebody would do something like. <laughs> uh, do you use any sort of like monitoring tools other than Google analytics to look at uh, like behavior on sites and stuff like that? 
Uh, yeah, uh, we use quite a lot and uh, it, it depends on the customer. There are customers who like to use uh, Hotjar, for example, to see the uh, how the site, uh, how the customers actually behave because it has uh, the recording system where you can see uh, like the real clicks and all that. Uh, there's also some customers use some advanced uh, personalization tools that give some additional insights. Uh, and uh, these kind of uh, customizations, uh, like personalization services are, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, they're like uh, Dynamic Yield or Emarsis. Those are uh, very, very, like I would say, the top uh, personalization tools for, uh, I would say, big businesses. So, uh, yeah, those also give a lot of insights into what's happening actually on the site. And then we kind of integrate everything into uh into a single platform where people can see and get like the answers they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Now, do you guys do any of the like AB testing or side improvements for any of your clients? Yeah. That's also a thing that's happening a lot. And, uh, on Magento, it's quite good to have it, that flexibility because, uh, for some clients it's, uh, it's fine just to test uh, banner one versus banner two or, how this color looks or compare competes against another one. But uh, for the bigger ones, we also uh, run some completely custom uh, A-B tests where let's say a product page is co completely different, not just by in terms of the looks, but also in terms of the functionality. And uh, things go even like harder when, uh, when we want to A-B test a completely new checkout experience with functionality changes and all that. So if we do major tests like these, then uh, of course it requires lots of customization and there are many platforms that, that just cannot uh, take that. Yeah, yeah, that's in in my experience I've seen the the biggest gains for some of the brands that we work with has been in testing product page layouts, uh mm -hmm. not even in testing checkout. Like a lot of times it's the product page that can be the biggest lever and make the biggest difference in the test. Yeah, of course. And uh, it, it just it's all starting like you have to go through the whole buy flow, mm -hmm. and if you if you turn turn to optimize each each step of, step of the buy flow, then of course you will uh, get the maximum out of it. Yeah, definitely. Now I know when I reached out, uh, you said there was one thing that you did want to talk about, and that was kind of is our PWAs the next big things, and then whatever in the world happened to AMP mobile pages. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so uh, a few years back, maybe it was even last year, I cannot rem remember any anymore. But yeah, so uh, everybody was talking about this uh, AMP, which is uh, the Accelerated Mobile Pages by Google. Uh, and uh, for, for users that are not technical ones, uh, it's... Uh, uh, it's just fast loading websites. Uh, if, you, if you click on a Google result, it immediately opens a, a pop-up, something like that, where you can see and browse the site. So technically it's very user friendly and fast. But uh, when we started uh, to build our own website, we thought, okay, this new technology is going to be the next thing. And uh, so we built it uh, using AMP, but uh, it turns out it has so many limitations that I'm not even sure uh, if, a major, if, <laughs> if even a regular e-commerce store can function properly with it because it has so many limitations. It cannot even uh, put out uh, this exit intent uh, pop-up, which is a big thing for, uh, for stores with, uh, with, with buying in, involved. So, yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I also, I agree yeah. completely. I mean, I think it's the it sounds good in theory, but then the limitations that Google enforces to comply with the the AMP standards are just too harsh to make it worth using. Exactly. Yeah, and I would actually compare it like it's I think it's amazing system, uh, amazing. I, I don't know even how to call it. It's it's amazing for uh, for news sites or or blogs, but when it it's it's just not for everyone. Uh, the same, uh, the same as I would compare Magento with Shopify, which is Magento is amazing and Shopify kind of also is amazing. It sounds good. It, you can build a new site super fast and it's super easy. But uh, it's again, it, it doesn't fit everybody. Completely agreed. Now the the next question is our is progressive web apps for e-com, is that going to replace AMP? Uh, how do you see people like embracing this new concept of headless e-commerce? I know Shopify has this GraphQL API where you could technically create a whole PWA experience and not even use the Shopify front end. Yeah, uh, Magento also has that already, all the API endpoints and everything. That's beautiful. But uh, progressive web apps is kind of a hot topic, uh, especially in the Magento world right now. They uh, they are implementing their own frameworks for it. There are many companies that uh, provide a ready solution, which is kind of a base theme that you can use with progressive web apps and uh, functionality on, on Magento. And uh, in reality, I don't know, I don't want to give another like bet that yes it will be the next thing because i was wrong with amp because i thought it's 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 very good but uh, it just doesn't work for everybody and i think the same will apply for progressive web apps where it's a very nice feature and for many businesses it will be a big conversion booster but uh, i'm not sure it's for every, everybody yeah i i completely agree with that it's one of the areas that uh engine is working on for the future is definitely this idea of headless e-commerce that maybe a unique uh business case or a unique shopping experience isn't served by your standard e-com theme and they want to offer something completely different uh it's something we definitely want to allow um our platform to handle just because you're seeing so many of these direct-to-consumer brands not just be the standard we sell 15 to 20 products and you check out a lot of times now they're introducing the concept of subscribing or uh, using a firm for a loan to buy the item or that kind of thing exactly and each business is different in its core so everybody's has their own taste and uh, it's just for each each uh, each person in business separately yeah Okay, my last question before we end the podcast would be, uh, what is a trend in e-commerce or in the agency life that, that you're working in that you think is going to be kind of hot over the next year and a half? Uh, I don't think there is a single trend, but uh, one thing that I think is worth mentioning is personalization because that's that's been happening for quite a while already and there are new uh, companies popping up with uh, new uh, personalization systems in place that can uh, use uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence and all of that for uh, bringing the best possible customer experience to the shoppers. And I, I really think that customers like to interact with their site with sites that are personal. So it's it's been a big thing for new sites. And I think more and more businesses in e-commerce will adapt more professional tools and systems for personalization there. 
Yes, I completely agree. Uh, I think that this, the whole concept of like dynamic changing content that's powered by machine learning to like look at a shopper's profile and then adapt the homepage or even adapt the product page, uh, to enhance their conversion rate. I think that's coming very, very soon. I think we're seeing it in a couple of places already, but I think it's going to kind of catch fire here over the next six months or so. And we'll see it roll out across a lot more shopping experiences. Exactly. And well, a few months back, it was, uh, like the big companies, uh, the, it, it costs a lot to have some kind of personalization systems in place. But now everybody's like machine learning and all that is now available, available quite cheap and uh, easy to set up. So more and more companies will do that just because it's so easy to set up. Yep, completely agreed. Uh, thanks so much for your time, Arthur. I think this is a great podcast. Yeah, thanks, Blake. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe. Also, if you'd like to talk to Engine about our agency partner program, then visit enginecommerce.com slash agency.